Hour number two, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Yes, of course, Republicans should run against crime. Make it a big issue. Of course they should. It's a big issue. Yeah. Oh, by the way, on the uh, decriminalization thing, uh, Congressman from California, Jack Kimball, said what Joe Biden did with marijuana possession is going to lead to a massive expansion in the number of jam bands. And it sounds harmless now until you've been subjected to a 23-minute bass solo. That's, that's fair. It's tough but fair. Not to mention the uh, the hacky sack and interruptions to the Fritos uh, supply chain, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of di- there are going to be a lot of unintended consequences here. Aaron Ross Powell uh, said the solution to this isn't to put marijuana users back in prison, but instead to criminalize jam bans, which frankly is something we should have done long ago and I believe is consistent with the framers' intent. That's possible. No, well, hashtag not all jam bans. All right, so uh, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, Pete Callender here. Um National Review Editorial Board, this is what I mentioned uh, in the last segment of the last hour, Democrats and the media are trying to shame Republicans into giving up one of their strongest issues, being tough on crime. Yeah, that's why we're seeing a lot of these articles getting written now. By the way, Cori Bush, apparently, Congresswoman Bush just uh, came out and said that, uh, oh, she she still is absolutely for defunding the police. So, um, yeah, Will Bunch Writing in the Philadelphia Inquirer says that the Republicans are reviving the racist Willie Horton style fear mongering ads from their 1980s playbook. Similar accusations litter the airwaves on CNN and MSNBC, fretting abounds in the New York Times and Washington Post. They are pouncing. They are seizing. Talking about the Republicans. They pounce and they seize. It's all part of Operation Seizy Pounce. Republicans should ignore all of this, though. Bunch, writing in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Bunch has no evidence that the ads are fueling racist incidents or ripping up the social fabric. He objects because the ads are working. Right. The ads are working. And the reason why the ads are working is because crime is an issue. People are worried about it. Crime is going up. Homicides are going up. People are concerned that they're going to die, that they're going to be victimized if they haven't already been. Elections are for checking the positions of authority against the populace. It's a great line. Elections are for checking the positions of authority against the populace. Right. In other words, these are the things that the people in charge want to do and don't want to do. And let's see how they line up with what the people think. And oh my gosh, the people think something else. <laughs> and now you've lost. But that's the idea. It's a great line. Anyway, a New York Times Siena College poll points out that voters nationwide trust Republicans more than Democrats on crime and policing by a margin of like 10 percentage points. Hence the pouncing in the seizing. No? It wa- which is funny to me that there is this... Uh, chagrin, if you will, this pearl clutching or hand wringing over the Republicans using crime as an issue. Do you guys in the media, do you have a similar concern when Democrats play to an issue that is their strength? No, of course not. Right. 
there are all sorts of articles written about how uh, the Republicans are coming to take your abortions away. Oh, my, they're coming to take your abortions away. And uh, and what do we get? We get the the pieces getting cranked out about how, uh, you know, Democrats are the defenders of women's reproductive health care and all of that. We, that there's never any kind of a criticism that Democrats are, you know, overreaching on this issue or they're trying to make political hay out of this issue in an unethical manner. No, no, no. It's always it's always from an ethical perspective, right? It's always, oh, they're 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 hammering away at the Republicans because the Republicans have the wrong view on this item, which, by the way, is always the case. They have the wrong view on every item. Yet here you would think, no, oh, having the wrong view on this would be, you know, letting like Fetterman up in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, turn loose like every single member of the prison population. What could go wrong? It's not just political malpractice not to push the advantage. It would be a disservice to a public that is crying out for change. Right. Exactly. If you got people that are, uh, you know, citizens and voters that are saying, hey, we want there to be some change in this defund the police and this this degradation of law and order. Why wouldn't you try to meet that demand to supply that demand? Why wouldn't you step into that gap and say, you know, we will do this, elect us, we will champion your concerns. We'll fix this. I thought that was the whole point of the political campaign, was it not? To make a bunch of promises that you don't keep. I thought we were all on board with that idea. Anyway, um, a Washington Post-ABC News poll showed that 56% of registered voters trusted Republicans more on crime only 34% trusted Democrats. It's a 56 to 34 spread. That's a 22-point spread. That is massive. Massive. So, yes, you, you stick to your knitting. You stay in your lane. You play to your strengths. Comparative advantage, all of that stuff. It's all of the same idea. If you're good at something, do that. Mark Ronchetti is running for governor in New Mexico. Lee Zeldin running for governor in New York. There are congressional races in the suburbs of Portland as well. You're starting to see ads going up all over the country. I think maybe North Carolina. Have you seen any in North Carolina? Are there any ads running in North Carolina at this point for any of the races? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen. Uh, Frank, welcome to the program. Hello, Frank. What's going on? Hey, Pete. Hey, How you doing? Today? I'm good, man. What's up? I'm really, really upset with the fact that this debate is only going to be on cable. They encourage us to vote. Get out and vote. No, it's, and they want to keep us in the dark except for these stupid ads they run. What can we do about this, and why is it being done this way? Who has control over that? It is, uh, it, usually it's an agreement by the, uh, the media operation the, and, the, and the candidates um, and their, their political campaigns. So that's, you know, that was... And I don't know. I'll check during the break. I meant to check this actually yesterday because I was talking to somebody in the hall about it. And uh, I have the same concern you do if it's on cable. I don't have cable. I've got I just stream stuff. That's what a lot of people do now. And by the way, just as a side note on this, we have a lot of different uh, of the different streaming services. And you would think at some point maybe they bundled them all together for a low, low price. And then you get all sorts of channels as one part of bundle package. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Well, yeah. wonder, wonder about this. Uh Will it uh, possibly be maybe broadcast, you know, at a later time on on educational television, PBS? Right, and that's what that's what I was going to check because uh, a lot of times, uh, 
your your uh, traditional news outlets don't consider public television to be a competitor because they don't show up in in ratings and stuff for different reasons, whatever. They don't consider them to be a competitor. It's more of a public service deal. So they will let uh, they will let them have it. And 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 look, uh, Spectrum News. I don't know for sure, but Spectrum News may make it available on other. Uh, on other carriers too, they may allow other stations to carry it live or their websites to carry it live. I do not know. Uh, I would be surprised if they block it because they block a lot of stuff on their website. If you don't even have like a Spectrum account, you can't you can't watch stuff on their old website. I don't know if that's still well, the by case. The way, doesn't it still defeat the purpose of we've got to search for something just to get something? I know this is yeah. not an important race here in the country, and how it doesn't matter because you know the Senate may be controlled by the winner of this race and it just seems like that it ought to be a news event and anybody should be able to carry it well i will tell you i will uh i will be trying to find it tonight i will be recording it and i will be covering it on monday that's my plan right now um i do have to but i'll during the break here i'll take a look and see if it's being broadcast anywhere else or if it's going to be available to non-spectrum subscribers uh, yeah, and I'll let you know. We appreciate it. Yeah, hey, absolutely. I'll make one comment about BT. Um, is it a good one? You fired. Well, how long are we going to carry these podcasts? They've been carrying them for eight months now. Everybody that listens to this station's heard them a hundred times, and I don't even know what the purpose of that is. Purpose of what? Of carrying these podcasts. I mean, how many times am I going to hear Matt Doherty? Or, I mean, and I like Matt Doherty, but I mean, let him give me something new. I've heard. All about all these things that are covered in Well, I have, you can listen to my podcast. I do. Th- we have three of them a day. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about the same ones over and over and over again that are on the air. Okay, so in so there's a difference in uh, so uh, radio is broadcasting, podcasting is narrowcasting. Does that make sense? In yeah, in I mean, we're broadcasting the podcast is what they're doing. No, no, Matt Doherty's is a podcast standalone podcast. The Century. Well, I hear it. I hear it on BT. Right. What I'm saying, though, is that the, like if there is a uh, like my like uh, Brett Winterbull, for example, he does what is a devious motives, I think, is the name of his podcast. That is a separate standalone show than what he okay. does on the air. Well, educate me here. Yeah. When I hear you, you brought, like they've had two of this I, I, since you've been on the air, I think. Uh, when it's coming across live on your radio station, mm-hmm. and they say one of the five podcasts done by you know by Bo Thompson, yeah, stuff, which is fine. Why is that that that's being broadcast on your station? Correct, twenty times a day or something. Yes, you know? I mean I don't, I don't we, know how many times we would like people to listen to them. Well, I, I know, but have they, those that would be interested at all haven't they heard them by now? After eight? no, not no, no. That's what no, not necessarily. That's why I said there's a difference between. Uh, you know, people who listen to a radio broadcast versus people who listen to a podcast, which is narrow cast. It's a so if, for example, I, I think of it this way: you're fishing, right? Podcasting is fishing with you know one hook and a worm. Broadcasting is fishing with a net, right? You, right. For broadcast purposes, you throw out the net, and you, you got you know uh, you know a hundred thousand people that are potentially snagged in the net, and a bunch are going to get through the holes in the net, and some are going to be caught in the net, and then you bring them in and. So you're, it's a numbers game, and so there's a constant turnover of audience because you have a because it's such a broader base from which to collect okay. audience. Educate me, educate me on this. Now I'm listening to you online because up here at Johnny Grove, where I am, yeah, yeah, 
you can't you, you can't get your the state. So your ads, all right. So Frank, your ads on the online stream are going to be different than the ads that play on the broadcast side. Okay, and that's what. And so so no, seriously. And there aren't. A, there's not a lot of inventory uh, on the stream that you're listening to. If you're listening on the digital stream, then like yeah. we're like I'm, we're 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 trying to populate it. But we can only do so much so fast because we have content to build all around, like the the radio show itself. But they're they're trying to populate stuff as we go, so they keep adding more things in. Okay, well, I appreciate your help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and listen to the podcast. Uh, we got we got some good ones there. Bye bye. Oh, all right, bye, Frank. Um, <laughs> have you heard about uh, Brett Winterbull's podcast or uh, Bo Thompson? They're on there. Okay. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Already I just saw Joe Bruno from WSOC-TV. Says there's going to be no spin room following tonight's Beasley-Bud debate. The candidates have declined pre- and post-interviews. That according to a spokesperson for uh, Charter or Spectrum uh, News. Tillis and Cunningham did virtual pressers after their first 2020 debate. I went and looked up uh, because Frank asked, how would people who don't have Spectrum be able to see it? And if you go to the Spectrum, oh, so full disclosure, I worked uh, for Spectrum News. At the time, it was called News 14. I did work for them for like uh, six or seven months before I went to Asheville and got back into radio. So um, it was, I, I, So it was after I worked here. I worked over at News 14, went to Asheville, and now I'm back here. So Spectrum uh, News, if you go to their website and you try to figure out how to watch the debate, it's not very clear. Okay, it's not very clear. The web article that they've got there says people can watch the debate live on Spectrum News 1 or by using the Watch Live feature on SpectrumLocalNews.com or the Spectrum News app. And that's it. That's what it says. That's it. So you can so you can use it. You can use the app, spectrumlocalnews.com, by using the watch live feature. So it sounds like if you go to the website tonight, spectrumlocalnews.com, if you go to that website tonight and you click watch live, that you're going to be able to watch it. That's what it sounds like. I don't know, because it's not exactly clear particularly when you read the piece at the Charlotte Observer. Charlotte Observer's <laughs> write-up <clears throat> says if you have Spectrum Cable, you can watch the debate live. You'll need your login. You can also stream the debate on the app. Spectrum customers can log in with their credentials to get unlimited access to the live stream. Okay. Now, if you're not a Spectrum customer... You can download the app and select the option to log in later in order to trigger a free trial for watching the debate. So so I have to download the app, say, no, I don't want to set up a login right now. Give me a free trial. I'm going to watch the debate, and then I'm going to delete the app. That's essentially what I'm being told to do if I'm going to watch it, I guess, on a tablet or a smart TV or something like that. So I'm not sure. I'm going to find out 
later tonight. I tried to do it now, but it just it tried to make me log in, and, and I don't have login credentials because I stream stuff. I went with, and it wasn't even a TV thing. We actually preferred the um, we preferred the TV to the uh, you know the TV product that Spectrum offered. Uh, we liked that that uh, interface, the user interface, and all that. It's just kind of slow, and but without, it doesn't matter. But the point is that we preferred the television side. They just didn't have the good internet. They didn't have high enough speeds for me at the house. So it's not any kind of like I hate Spectrum. It's not that. I just it, they didn't offer me the, the. I could not get a high enough internet speed. So uh, so that was it. So we we bundled up with somebody else. I know we went with AT and T. Not crazy about it, but that you know. But I'm a sucker for the the gigs. I can't help it. I need the I need the fast speeds. And so uh, and so, by the way, they are partnered up. Their television package is now partnered up with Direct TV, but they call it Direct TV Stream. You know that? It's just and there's no dish. It's just internet. But they call it Direct TV Stream. So why not just call it Direct Stream? Or Stream TV or TV Stream. Why why direct TV stream? Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um so it's there's no dish anymore, it's all just internet based, and so that's that's how we watch it. Yeah. I don't know. It I would really like to see somebody come along and say, Hey, we got all these channels, because now you got like the Disney Channel, you got Paramount Plus and um well, I mean, HBO Max, you got all of these different channels. Is that Max a channel or is that all of them or something? I don't remember. But you have all of these different channels that are out there, and now you're having to go and like piecemeal a la carte all of the different channels. And before you know it, you're spending way more than you ever used to spend on your cable bill for fewer channels. So maybe somebody comes along and bundles up all of these channels together. What about that? I think it's a pretty good idea. You can bundle them all together. You pay one big, you know, one, one one flat price for it all, and you get access to all of the channels. You could even do tiers. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, you could do tiers, like a good, better, best. Like, okay, right, here are your basic uh, channels of like a basic package. And then you could do like a, a medium and average, or like a, a bronze and a silver and a gold package, something like that. Yeah, there's lots of ways you could do that. Good, better, best model. It works. All right, so I suspect crime is going to come up as an issue in this debate tonight, if it's not a direct question from Tim Boyum uh, from Spectrum News, I suspect it will be brought up by Ted Budd, as he referenced and when we had him on the program the other day. Uh, I think he's going to bring it up. He should bring it up. It's a winning issue for Republicans. She was a sitting judge for a very long time, and she's ruled in some cases that uh, are a little suspect. I mean, I don't mean like small defendants here either. I mean, like her decisions raise some questions, right? And despite the Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, trying to shame Republicans out of hammering Democrats on this issue, they should not relent. They should continue hammering away uh, on crime as an issue. Talk 1110 WBT. All righty, so the editors over at National Review say, of course, Republicans should run against crime. Of course they should. Republicans 
should ignore any of the efforts to shame them into giving up one of the strongest issues they've got. Right? Crime. According to polling, voters nationwide trust Republicans more than Democrats on crime. They cite a New York Times-Siena College poll. They cite a Washington Post-ABC News poll. Shows huge gaps between Republicans and Democrats as to who's better on crime. It's not just political malpractice not to push the advantage. It would be a disservice to a public that's crying out for change. The effect of Republican campaigning on crime is seen most prominently in Wisconsin. Voters in the state remember that when Kenosha was being burned by rioters in 2020, Democrats like Kamala Harris had spent the summer promoting bail for the rioters. And while the national media have memory hold the Waukesha Christmas parade attack, Wisconsinites cannot forget it. Republican Senator Ron Johnson started the race like seven points behind. But after running ads identifying his opponent, Mandela Barnes, with an agenda of de-incarceration, emptying the prisons as fast as possible, every poll has shown Johnson leading the race now. Republicans should turn the accusations of the media and the Democrats back against them. Democrats have been pursuing a utopian fantasy about criminal justice reform. The cost of these delusions is paid for by poorer communities who have to put up with more drugs and more burglaries and more murders. It's people of color who who suffer disproportionately when crime is rampant, when business investment dries up, and when national chains pull up stakes. Republicans should be thankful that doing the right thing is so politically advantageous. Right. Sometimes the right politics is the right thing to do. And this is one of those times. And it just so happens that now people are a little bit. It's like we're, we are destined to relearn these lessons, it seems. Right. It's the pendulum that. Uh, oh my gosh, we're incarcerating too many people, so let's let them all loose, and then we let them all loose, and oh my gosh, these are you know uh, terrible people, and they're victimizing all sorts of innocents, and so let's throw them all back in jail. We get tough on crime, and the pendulum goes the other direction, right? Because it's already happened. It happened in my lifetime when I was a kid. This when I was a kid, crime was way worse. By the way, crime is. I mean, I know it's going back up now, and has been for the last what two years or so. But it's still not where the crime rates were when I was a kid. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. And then there was a crackdown, you know, guys like Joe Biden with the, with, you know, with the criminal reform acts and all of the stuff. They, they, they started imposing harsher penalties, mandatory minimums, because you had a lot of judges. I've told this story before. There was a judge up in New York. His name was Bruce. I don't remember if that was his first name or last name, but everybody called him Turn Him Loose Bruce because this New York judge would, uh huh, turn him all loose, turn him loose Bruce. And Turn Him Loose Bruce got mugged, got mugged. And he was out of court for a while, rehabilitating. He uh, gets better. He comes back into work, and the media is sitting in the, uh, uh, in the courtroom covering Turn Him Loose Bruce's first. Uh, return to the bench, trying to see if you know he's going to change his ways on anything, and he makes it very clear when he says, "I'm I'm back on the bench." Just to be clear, I'm not going to be changing any of the way uh, that I meet out justice here. 
If you think that this is going to make me start throwing the book at these defendants, you got another thing coming. I'm not going to do it just because I was the victim of violent crime. And somebody in the courtroom said, mug him again. <laughs> New York, you got to love it. right? <laughs> All right. So uh, meanwhile, it's less than six weeks before the election now and Democrats and Republicans uh, you know, fighting for the advantage. And this is according to Mark Murray at NBC News. Democrats lead Republicans by more than 20 points among Latino voters. Sorry, uh, NBC, wouldn't that be Latinx or Latinx voters? However, this 20-point spread has declined from previous election cycles. What do I always say? What do I always say about voting blocks, right? If they all split roughly the same way, if all of the racial demographic blocks vote in roughly the same proportions, Democrats don't ever win again. That's why they're freaking out, even though they have a 20-point advantage among Hispanic voters. Or, sorry, Hispanic voters. How come there's no X at the end of that one? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be Hispanics with an I-X? Or maybe just an X? I don't know. Hispan-G? Whatever. Um, 20 points separate Democrats from Republicans among Latino voters but that has declined. That is that is shrinking, according to a new national NBC News Telemundo poll of the Latino electorate. The poll finds Latino voters are essentially divided on Joe Biden, 51 percent approving, 45 percent disapproving. It also shows uh, that the de- these voters are largely siding with Democrats on issues like abortion, health care and addressing concerns of the Hispanic community. But it has them backing Republicans on things like. That's right. Crime and the economy. These are the main results of a survey conducted nationwide of 1,000 Latino registered voters. So it's registered voters, not likely voters. Keep that in mind. Registered voters. It's not exactly. Uh, that, that's not as accurate as likely voters. Okay. Because it's just people who registered. Um, and here's a quote from uh, Democratic pollster Eileen Cardona Arroyo. She says, while Latinos continue to lean toward the Democratic Party and prefer Democratic control of Congress, Republicans have a higher share of the vote than we have measured previously. She conducted the polling with Republican pollster Bill McInturf and uh, his team at Public Opinion Strategies. McInturf added, quote, being down by 20 points is a lot better for Republicans than being down by 40, which was what the spread was in the last NBC Telemundo poll. There are key divides, though, in the in the Latino electorate. I'll go over that and also a breakdown of uh, the support pro and con for each of the parties uh, on the individual issues. Spoiler alert. It's the economy, stupid. By the way, tomorrow at the Rotary Centillion Pavilion, 107 North Street in Gastonia, we got the Alzheimer's, the walk to end Alzheimer's, the big walk. It's going on tomorrow. I'll be down there. Check-in opens at 9 a.m. with the opening ceremony and walk at 10 a.m. Come on down. If you want all of the details, go to alz.org slash walk. And, uh, 
If you can't come down, if you want to make a monetary donation, every little bit helps. Uh, this is a, it's an organization, uh, the Alzheimer's Association, Western Carolina chapter. I've been supporting them for years. It's a great organization. Uh, it's a good event. So uh, if you can uh, help out, I appreciate it. And they would, too. Uh, all righty. So uh, this polling from, well, it's a story by NBC News. They put the poll out. Yeah, NBC News and Telemundo, they put the polling out. And there are key divides inside the Latino electorate to keep in mind, okay? Um, You've got Catholics and non-Catholics. You have women and older Latinos and men and younger Latinos, all right? So there are these different categories, Catholic, non-Catholic, men, women, old, young. And those are the sort of the fault lines of where... Political views break away from one another. All right, so just kind of keep those in mind. So, on the issues, Latino voters believe Democrats do a better job in handling abortion, which I, that's probably very, very true. Democrats all about the abortion. Probably way better at handling it. Um, it's a 50... <laughs> sorry. Is it too soon? Too Okay. Uh, 50 to 23%. So if you're going to trust, look, hey, I want things codified for you know, uh, aborting the babies, then uh, got to go with the big Ds. Got to go with Democrats on that one. Makes sense. Um, when it comes to addressing concerns of the Hispanic community. Now, I note they would they ask that question with the Hispanic community, not Latinx community. Because if you actually ask the Hispanic uh, respondents anything about Latinx, they tend not to like Latinx. <laughs> so, yeah, just, a, yeah. Well, you would think... The people calling them Latinx, you would think that they're not looking out for your interests because they're calling you something that like 99% of you don't want to be called. Anyway, 49-23%, that's that breakdown. Protecting democracy, it's a 48-28 to split in favor of the Democrats. And on health care, 46-21%. Okay, that's where the Republic or that's where the Democrats lead. Abortion, addressing concerns of the racial group, protecting democracy, and health care. They prefer Republicans over Democrats on the economy, border security, and crime. Asked what they consider to be the most important issue facing the country. This is interesting, this breakdown. This is interesting. The, the, big, the most important issue facing the country, 23% said cost of living. Okay. The second most popular answer was threats to democracy, 20%. So close second, 23% for uh, cost of living, 20% for democracy. Third place, jobs and the economy. Hmm. Jobs and the economy. That comes in at 17%. Well, jobs and the economy, that sounds kind of like a pocketbook issue along with the cost of living, does it not? Cost of living, jobs, or jobs, and economy, they all seem to be pocketbook related, right? I'm going to put them together. I'm going to put all of that together because if you just ask people uh, the economy and you don't give them all of the different categories, I think they would probably, I think the people who said jobs in the economy and cost of living, I think they would all answer the same way if they didn't have but one option, right? So I'm thinking I'll put them together. 
So you got a 23 plus 17%. And holy guacamole, it is now 40%. 40%. That's way, that's way more. So if you are if these are if these are the biggest issues for you, economic pocketbook issues, if these are the biggest issues for you, those are the issues the GOP does better on. Also, number four was immigration and the situation at the border, 11%. That was their top issue. That's another, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if, they, like, I don't know how that breaks out among the Latino electorate. I don't know. Could be an even split, could be more Democrat, could be more Republican. I'm not sure. In NBC News's national poll of all voters last month, the top responses were threats to democracy, cost of living, jobs and the economy, and immigration and the border. So I'm wondering, did you prompt them for these four answers or did you just leave it open and this is what you lumped them into or what? But threats to democracy came in at number one, according to the poll last month, at 20%. Well, it came in at number number two this month at 20% as well. But cost of living is now number one, whereas last month cost of living was number two. But again, let's add cost of living plus jobs and economy. That adds up to, what, uh, 34%. That is still more than, yeah, threats to democracy. This is a concern. This is a concern among the Latino electorate, just as it is a concern among the broader electorate, all racial groups across America, rural, urban, right? More than crime. It's the economy. Crime or uh, crime is like the polling I've seen on crime. It's somewhere usually in the single digits. It, it matters. It'll move m- uh, mushy middle voters. Yes. Especially if they become victims of crime or if there's a perception, there's a lot of crime in their neighborhood. I mean, Democrats want to live in safe neighborhoods too. Right. I, I think so. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I know Democrats. I have neighbors who are Democrats. They want to live in a safe neighborhood, right? That's why I refrain from engaging in the crime in my neighborhood. I'm respectful of my neighbors. They don't want to live in a crime-ridden neighborhood, so I don't do my criming around uh, our neighborhood. I go to, like, the next neighborhood over. I do all my crimes there. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would You would be amazed how many tags... From mattresses and pillows, I have collected from the neighborhood next door. All right. Hour number three. News is next. Stick around.